Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about non-negotiables. Yeah, this is so important. Like everyone needs to have certain boundaries or certain things that they high as um, hold up as a really high regard uh, for them to be able to function, you know, in a good state mm. of mind physically and mentally. And that's really what boundaries are. They're things that we set as non-negotiables to make sure that we can function at a high performance. Yeah, and kind of off the back end of last week's tangent episode, which was so fun, um, I mentioned the term one percenters and then you kind of challenged that phrase a little bit because it kind Mm. of just rolled off my tongue and it rolls off the tongue of many people and you hear it thrown around a lot. But then we kind of reframed and rethought and recognised, hang on, they're not actually one percenters. We should probably call them non-negotiables because without these habits, rituals, boundaries, as you mentioned, you can Mm. actually feel quite unsettled. So we need to give them more credit than just being a one percenter. Um, Yeah. So today we're going to share some of our non-negotiables that help us stay grounded, stay sort of in our window, so to speak, and keep our cup full. Because without them, when you start dropping the habits and all of that, you start to feel pretty unsettled. I know I do as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure this will resonate with a lot of people because even though these are our, you know, non-negotiables, they really are just things that as humans, like we should be respecting if we want to be performing at a high level. Um, and this is this is going to look very different for individuals depending on what chapter of life you're at or like what you see as a priority as well. And I can only make a general assumption that a lot of people listening to this are probably going to have the same values and priorities that we do. It's just going to be on a different scale, a different continuum. And for all of us, like, during prep, for example, these things are definitely um, volume turned up. Like it's mm. really important that these non-negotiables are set in place. And then when you're like living life and you've got more flexibility and your window's a lot broader and you've, you know, you've got other things that are priorities, these things can be dialed down a little bit. So we're going to have a bit of like a casual discussion about each of these and I guess where they fit into our life at the moment. Absolutely. And good point there. Like depending on where you are at in life, your non-negotiables are going to look different, but it is important that we have a sense of routine and and an anchor to keep us grounded. But use this episode as a chance to sort of reflect on your own non-negotiables and just realize that, you know, if you do start to feel a little bit unsettled, maybe give yourself some space and realize, hang on, I've kind of dropped the ball on some of the things that make me feel good. Yep. As we go through each non-negotiable for ourselves, each category, reflect on what you would rate yours out of 10. Like the first one we're going to go into is sleep, obviously. So rate like out of 10, like where you feel like at the moment sleep is um, on a scale of one to 10, one being very poor and 10 being like, you know, optimal, like auraing a hundred percent sort of stuff. So sleep is something that I am like weirdly passionate about. A lot of people probably know. Um, And look, these, these boundaries, boundaries or these non-negotiables, they're usually built off some sort of experience that's shown us how important it is to have it. Yeah. Right. And I guess a lot of people, a lot of our listeners probably know, I've spoken about this so many times, but I had sleep insomnia for, you know, quite a period of time when I was going through um, post-grad study and um, sort of in the like early years of my nursing career. Mm. And that was really difficult for me to overcome, but my God, did I learn so much about sleep and learn to really prioritize that. It was before sleep was sexy guys so like sleep is very sexy at the moment and when I was learning about sleep and 
like reading into like Matthew Walker's work and a lot of the mm-hmm. research and trying to get off diazepam and all these sorts of mm-hmm. things. Um, it was not sexy and no one was talking about it. No one no. had aura rings. No one was tracking this sort of stuff. And I feel like times have changed a lot. It's like, mm. it's, it almost frustrates me a little bit. Cause I feel like sometimes it's just a little bit of like a, an accessory rather than people getting curious because when we look at sleep trackers, it shows us the data, not the, not the justification. It shows us the what, yeah. not the why. Um, it's mm. the why that we need to be getting obsessed with. You know, it's the why, yeah. it's the processes, it's all the habits, it's the sleep hygiene, it's those sorts of things. You don't necessarily need the fancy trackers if you don't want them. Um, but sleep is just so important for me. And I feel like there was a long period of my life where I, not a long period, probably like a couple of years, mm. um, where I wanted it as a priority. Like I was trying to, to prioritize it, but I was focusing on the wrong things. You know, like I was focusing on perhaps the data or the hours rather than the quality um, Mm. or my sleep hygiene in general. So I really had to like pivot and like learn the basics of sleep hygiene. And it's not common sense. Like we're not taught this stuff, to be honest, which just blows my mind Mm. that we're not taught the basics of sleep hygiene and how fundamentally important it is. Oh, Um, yeah. So going through like that chapter and that really difficult period made me like obsessed with sleep hygiene and just become really fixated on it and try and biohack around shift work and night duty just to try and optimize things to my best ability. Mm. Uh, And because of that, now I'm in this position where obviously like um, I run my own business and I sort of choose my own hours that my sleep, like insane, but I appreciate it so much. Like I always say to Luke, I'm like, man, it's just so good to wake up at the same time every day and go to bed when I want. It sounds like a it sounds so funny, but it, I even felt like a little bit of chill when I said it. Cause I'm like, mm. it's just something I've wanted my whole life. Yeah. And it's because I've known what the other side of it feels like. Amazing. And we did dive in deeper into some ideas um, around sleep hygiene in some previous episodes where we really break it down and what we do to enhance our sleep. Um, and then we shared some resources and books there as well, um, which is really important. But as you said, I think an, a previous experience of probably probably lacking um, one of these habits or priorities will allow us to appreciate it more. So as you said, with shift work and everything that you went through, um, insomnia, it allowed you to appreciate it now. Uh, when I was younger, you know, when you're a kid, you don't want to sleep. No, I don't want to go to bed. It's just that thing that you do. Sleep is mm-hmm. almost seen as a punishment. Mm-hmm. And then I remember go to bed. It is go to bed. The amount of times I got yelled at to go to bloody bed. It's like I don't want to go to bed, or to have a nap in the middle of the day when everyone was playing. Mm. It was like, yeah. But now I would kill to have a nap in the middle of the day. I'm like, you oh, guys sometimes go I I'm gonna nap. Yeah, you gotta if you can. Um, and then obviously becoming a teenager, you go out, you party, sleep when you're dead, this mm. and that, or you'd you'd stay out till four in the morning and then have a couple of hours sleep and just kick on with your day. But then it wasn't until I really started training hard and like an athlete that I started to recognize, hang on, my body hurts when I don't have sleep. My Mm. cravings are a lot higher. I'm irritable. It's just not a nice time. You know, priorities had to change. Same with you um, to allow you to appreciate it. So Sleep now, like you, just so passionate about it. But I've learned that if you don't get a good night's sleep, it's not the end of the world. How Mm. easy is it to wake up? You feel like you've had a sort of a good night's sleep. You look at your data and then it's not as good as what you thought. 
Yeah. We can't let the data deter us from like having a good quality day. Mm. Okay. So it's, it's all good and well to track your sleep, but don't get too attached to the data as well. Yeah. Right. Cause psychologically that can tell us, Oh, it's red on the app. Even though I feel good, I, I didn't get good sleep. Oh, my day's gone. You know, so it's important to, to have an um, objective view on the data as well. But yeah, we definitely would recommend tracking your sleep and prioritizing it. And it is a little bit overwhelming. Obviously, people have kids, people have certain jobs, partners, people that they're spending time with, but you just have to prioritize your sleep. Yeah, for sure. It's just mm. such a key element of recovery. And you mentioned their lack as well. You know, you really start to appreciate it when you saw the fruits of your labor with your trading, like your, mm. your trading and recovery was um, enhanced because you're paying more attention to this thing. Um, the other thing I, yeah, I just wanted to mention as well is I've been able to push through some pretty crazy things um, with sleep. Like I've been awake for like mm. three days at a time before and um, training after night duty in the morning. And like, there's lots of things that we are so resilient as yeah. human beings. And I like to see sleep as a collective rather than one bad night derails your week. It's like, no, it's sort of like zoom out and look at your average, mm. right? Like you can push through um, and, and to get through stuff because even if we looked at the physiology of like your, your heart rate variability or the, the key indicator of recovery that we look at when it comes to sleep, you'll usually find that you can still push quite hard after one bad night of sleep. But the second one is when it'll drop down. That's when it'll start yeah. to get you. So even for example, any of the shift workers that are like listening at the moment, you'll probably still be able to train on that first day. Mm. Um, it's usually the middle of your nights where your body really starts to feel it. So don't let one bad night derail it because you've really got to zoom out and be like, well, what have I been averaging this yep. week? What's my sleep average? Just like steps, right? Like mm. if you only get like a couple of thousand steps one day, you're not going to like, you know, really overshoot the following day or, you know, not feel like you're making progress. You're like, oh, it's just one day and that's okay. Yeah. And that's the way we should be looking at sleep too, because yeah. I feel like a lot of sleep researchers, they really do try to scare you with yeah. a lot of the data. And it's like, look, you know, we're a pretty resilient species. It's just about respecting it for the right reasons. And most definitely when you know you're going to go through more stressful periods, being like, cool, I'm going to plan ahead. Like yeah. rather than fixating and focusing on the total sleep and the results, focus on the processes and the whys, like the sleep mm. hygiene, you know, fixate on your nighttime routine, fixate on just doing all of those things that we know are going to lead to better quality sleep and the quantity will just happen as a result. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So before this turns into a sleep podcast, um, we'll move on. But yeah, <laughs> we can talk about this forever, hence yeah. why we've got episodes on it. But mm. you've mentioned a really good point that one bad night is not going to derail things. And it's important with all of these non-negotiables. Yes, like we've got them to set us up for an optimal day or week or month and mindset. But if it doesn't completely go to plan, it's not the end of the world. You might get a poor night's sleep. You might miss your morning routine. You might, you know, there's variables. Not every day is going to be perfect according to your schedule. So you just need to remember that. We can try and get all these done when we can, but don't be completely attached to the idea that if we don't have our non-negotiables, it's going to be a poor day. We have to be flexible. Yeah, for sure. For mm. sure. And then I guess moving on from sleep, like morning routines. Oh, and this I is another it. one though, that I just feel like is overcooked. I feel like some people <laughs> make those morning vlogs and they don't even do half of that shit. I know. <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you talking about? You reckon? Fucking lemon water. <laughs> just 
<laughs> I just feel like I just feel like your morning routine doesn't have to be sexy either. You no. know, like my I don't even think about my morning routine to be honest anymore okay. because I've got such an ingrained sleeping pattern, mm. um, and I've got all the other habits in my life are so in order that things just happen when they should. You know, like I wake up and full transparency, I do have coffee in the morning first thing in the morning yeah. um i have a jug of water. why are you confessing that why did you have i feel to, like, like a lot of people up like, to that i'm like yeah no the first shit. hour with no coffee you know that's, that's <laughs> a very common one i just have a green tea um uh, but no i get up Go my caffeine. coffee machine on but then one thing that is a big part of my morning routine that i just love is i always before i go to bed i fill up like a this big jug it's like a liter and a half of water and mm. i usually because i'm a big water drinker i drink yep. like five liters a day probably yeah, man um, and I finish that usually in the first hour of the morning. Like I'll just like have my cup of water and my coffee. Nice. And then I just like have a bit of space to myself in the morning. I usually get outside and go for a bit of a walk. Um, if I've got the time, so I'll go for a quick walk, nothing intensive. Like it's literally just around the block just to get some sunlight. Cause that's always a big part of my routine as well. Mm. Um, morning sunlight, morning movement, um, morning caffeine. And that's right. Like if I can set the tone for my day by doing those small things, like I feel like I'm starting the day on like a positive note. Yeah. Yeah. Really good point. I mean, I think we've tried it all with morning routines, you know, the meditation, the journaling, all of those things. And again, there's a time and a place and meditation might work for you. Journaling in the morning might work for you, or you might prefer it at night, or you might not do it at all. It's just about finding some time in the morning where you don't get lost into the craziness of the world. I think a morning routine, it's not about filming a vlog and my skincare routine and all of that. And, you know, it's just about finding a little bit of time before you have to go and do what you need to do for the day. So even if that means setting an alarm a little bit earlier, even half an hour, because oh, there's nothing worse waking up to the sound of a hectic alarm You've given yourself half an hour to get ready. You don't know where your clothes are. You have to rush out the door. You've forgotten to eat. And the anxiety and adrenaline of that morning carries into your whole day. So we're not saying to wake up and be Buddhas and it's unrealistic. You know, just wake up at a time frame that allows you to have a little bit of mental clarity and then um, get on with your day. Because as you said, yeah, it will set yourself up for on a positive note or at least a relaxed note and then I find that if our energy is a little bit more relaxed in the morning Mm -hmm. the day's problems that get thrown at you you can deal with them a little bit better because you're not already highly wound and highly triggered Um, so I think that's the most important part about a morning routine yeah for sure very well said I feel like as well that in the morning it's the only time of the day where I'm uninterrupted Like a lot of people, no one wants me at that hour usually. Mm. Like I don't check my emails first thing. I don't check my messages. Like I don't, I don't check up on other people. I sort of Mm. fill my own cup up first because I know that during the day people couldn't try and claw at you and you've got to do things and that's fine. Um, But I feel like if I've missed that integral part of my morning routine, then like that can feel overwhelming rather Mm. than manageable. Something else that I've identified for me is like, I'm most productive in the morning. So like between, you know, seven and like 11, I'm quite productive. Um, And it's when I actually stack a lot of my, I guess, deep work or project work or group calls or anything that sort of takes a little bit more energy out of me, I'll stack it in those hours. Mm. So 
I I found like when I was doing a lot of things as a part of my morning routine, it was actually more overwhelming than beneficial because I felt like I was cramming, like I had meetings at like eight o'clock and I was cramming all these things in to try and get it done. I was like, this isn't enjoyable. Like, why am I trying to do these things? And that's why my walk's really short and sweet, Mm. like 10 minutes. And Mm. that's why it's just like less is more in the morning. Like, let's just start yourself not feeling like you're late already. Yes. Um, so that was really important for me. And I've, I've spoken to a few other like um, girls that I coach that are coaches as well. Uh, and they've expressed the same thing. Cause I feel like it might be very common where a lot of people that are in control of their own stuff, they stack it. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of their work at the front end of the day. And I'm like, look, time is just this concept we made up. So if there's certain things that you want to get done, like you can journal at the end of the day when you've mm. done all your work and you mm. don't need so much cognition, it's more just creative. You yep. know, real, that's what productivity is. It's just about mm. stacking things at a time that's most beneficial and enjoyable um, that works around your schedule too. Yeah, your schedule and your energy. Like if time didn't exist, then we would just kind of use how we're feeling as a guide. And similar to you, the morning is go time. And I don't force these things in. Sometimes I might walk for an hour, but just because I've popped that in my schedule doesn't mean it has to happen every day because other days an hour walk might be stressful. Like you said, maybe only 10 minutes is enough. So it's about molding it based on how you're feeling, based on what you have to do in that day. Um, I think with lockdown, a lot of people stopped starting work at like 9am in an office. You know how people started working from home? I know a lot of people now who spoke to their boss and said, hey, I'm actually more productive between six and nine. Can I do the work that was meant to happen from nine to 12 a little bit earlier because I'm more Mm. productive? So I think that's a new model of work that should, you know, where applicable um, come into play because it's really important to just Rather than say, yep, nine to five is work hours. Okay, cool. What about people like you and I who love working beforehand or a little bit later for the night hours? Yeah. When you stop thinking about productivity as time, your life will change. I kid Mm -hmm. you not, your life will change. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember what company it was. It was one of them like in Silicon Valley, like Tesla or Apple or can't remember which one specifically it was, but they took the average working week from five days to four and they said like everyone gets Friday off and they actually saw their productivity increase by doing that by by their staff. And I just think it's so important that we can do the things at the time when we do have the most energy and capacity to do it. You know, like I might feel like if I don't feel like doing something for work, right. And, but then I'll be like, Oh, but I could create content. Like, and that's still work. I could do a podcast or I could write some emails or I could Mm. just do some programming. Like there's lots of different options. And sometimes that might not be possible as Mm. well. Um, But when you are in control of a lot of things, it's about asking, what do I feel like I have the most energy to do? Because when you, when you respect that, you're going to be more productive. You're not going to, you're not going to get sidetracked. You're not going to be like jumping between things. You're not going to be, you know, getting distracted in other ways. So it's, it's, it is like, a big productivity hack to be able to recognize that a hundred percent a hundred percent it's just about tuning into your energy and realizing there Mm. are options like you can't force a creative mindset you you can schedule things in which um is one of the the things that we do love you know using our google calendar and and other apps there but then we've also learned to be flexible because we might have scheduled in content creation but then that time comes and it's like oh I don't really feel creative right now. I'm not in the right frame of mind. So as you said, you need to play around with those options. 
Mm, yeah, for sure. Very well said. Um, and time with friends and family. So mm. moving into like, I guess the social aspect, right? So important. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like hustle culture is dying in terms of like a lot of people aren't rewarding that real grind mentality, or maybe that's just who I surround myself with. But yeah, I, I think we've stepped away from that a little bit. It's still there. Yeah, it's still there, but I feel like in the health and fitness space, it's very different. Yeah, like I listen to a lot of um, sorry, business podcasts and and books, and listen to a lot of people that have had experiences in business for like 20, 30 years, and their startup process is just so different to what we would have gone through in terms Mm. of like I just worked all night and I did like, and I think that can't have been good for you. Whereas we have like a bit of a health lens, don't we? Absolutely, sleep's important. Like training's important my time's important and arguably you know we're gonna we're gonna equal the same outcome if not us is going to be more better because Mm. we're looking after ourselves and they show this they show this in the research those people who look after themselves they can give more energy and they thrive rather than just ticking off mundane tasks and just getting the next thing done yeah yeah well it's no coincidence sort of the health issues in certain jobs you know the harder you have to work and the more pressure and stress it leads to ill health now Mm. it just depends on what you want out of your life if you want to compromise those things for the achievements and the legacy and whatever you're leaving and it's it's part of what you have to do I understand that um but I really think that you know, we're here in this world as well to try and live the best quality life that we can. There's going to be times where you're not going to sleep. You've got a deadline. It's stressing you out. You're up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like it happens. We've all been there. But um, not but all the time. Not all the time. If you can avoid that and pre-plan, great. Then I would definitely recommend that. But filling our cup up with friends, family, and our partners, time, it's just, it kind of takes you away from our world of what we do professionally. And then you just, you know, hear someone else out or you can talk a bit of shit or have a bit of banter. I think it's really important to balance the two. Um, When ready though, because as we've been talking about, you know, it's important to set boundaries as well. You might always have friends who want to go out every weekend um, and it's okay a little bit, but you can't compromise yourself for that event as well so time with friends and family because we love love and it's important to connect but then when you're ready as well yeah for sure and I feel like there is a way to have both too you know I was speaking Mm. to someone about this the other day like maybe the things that you know some of your old friends do to fill up their own cup are different to yours and I was like can you have both like you sort of can Mm. I know there's friends that just go get a coffee with or go for a walk or do something that definitely like ticks boxes for me and ticks boxes for them and it's just about recognizing like you don't have to do anything you don't want to um the other thing that I was thinking about earlier was I find that a lot of people when they do activities like travel and spend time social social events etc they're not so intentional with that time like they might still be stressing about work or they might be thinking about what they've got to do and they're not actually present or they're scrolling on social media or they're doing other things and therefore they don't actually feel like they're having a break Mm. and this is actually very relevant for me like being away on the gold coast I'm being mindful of how much I'm working and just doing the bare minimum like minimum like minimum this is a break for me obviously there's still Mm. some things when you're in a business that you got to do Um, but I'm treating this as like if you can turn the volume down on certain areas and be really intentional with where you are your environment and what you're doing you will be able to use it like a break and like a reset but if you're going away and like all the coaches like if you're constantly just smashing yourself and you're never turning the dial down it's like yeah laptop lifestyle I can travel and whatever but are you really 
Like, mm. are you really enjoying yourself or are you just working in, a, in another area of B&B? You know, yeah. it's sort of really important to be able to have that intentional pace. Like if you're having an afternoon off, like have an afternoon off yeah. so that you get to the end of the day and you're like, yeah, I feel refreshed and I'm energized to get back into it. I haven't been too fixated or focused or checking my emails on the tram or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like I've been invested in this person or this, this accommodation or this trip or, or this event or whatever it might be. I love that. And it was really cool on your stories yesterday um, or this morning, sorry, um, how, yeah, you're spending time away from social media a little bit just to enjoy being on the Gold Coast. And I can't wait to join you tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize how much travel, how important it was to me. Mm. Basically, everything that you just said, it was, it's, your chance to explore it's your chance to see different people to see different surroundings to be present mm. um you know when i when we all stopped traveling in lockdown it was a very sort of suffocating feeling for me not being able to have that and i didn't i couldn't put any words to it but you just named it perfectly you know just travel is an excuse to be present because yeah. it's not our routine and we don't we don't just automatically do things when we travel. Um, so it it forces us to be present and think and, and be out there. And it's just so important. As you said, it is easy to kind of fall into that quote unquote laptop lifestyle. And I mean, you know, we're recording the podcast and you're away and I'm sure you've been on the computer a little bit or maybe you haven't. Um, but don't, yeah, just don't have the same routine when you're traveling. It's just, you're going to miss it. And then you're going to get back and feel like you need a holiday because it, it will feel like you didn't even have one. So if you can be disciplined, even if you are um, on public transport, just take note of the surrounding. Enjoy yeah. the new experiences that arise when you travel. And it might not even be interstate or overseas. You might just be an hour away from your home where you've never been before. It's really important. So yeah, definitely a non-negotiable travel exploration and yeah. sunshine. We try and um, chase the sunshine when we travel. Hey, we do. We always mm. do. It's good for the soul. Um, oh, so but good. yeah, that intentional piece is just so important. Like be intentional when you're working, like don't fluff around on bloody websites and reading other things. Like do your work and get out. Yep. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of the times we string things out and then all of a sudden you just find yourself procrastinating mm. um, and you're not getting shit done. And that's when you actually just need a break. Yep. You know, the opposite of creativity is boredom. And it's so mm. important to have pockets of boredom in our day to be honest, or at least in our week or on the weekend, just where we can sit and be like, I've got nothing to do. It's a weird feeling every now and then when you're like, oh, wow, like there's things you can do. Don't get me wrong. There's always shit you can do. But is there anything that's pressing right now? Probably not. Like take Mm. a break. Really important to be able to do that. Um, yeah, and yeah. I guess we've clumped those together, and like mm. for for anyone that's just sort of like doing that subjective, um, like oh, yeah, sorry, so like the travel, exploration, and sunshine, you can do that all together. You know, yeah. it's important to be able to have breaks from our environment, like new stimuli coming in, and of course, sun. Like they show this, um, like seasonal depression, sad. Um, oh yeah, yeah, they show it in terms of like how important it is, and 
you know, I think I've mentioned a couple of times, but I have like um, a red light at home um, every now and then that I'll use. And they actually show like rates of serotonin um, increase through different sunlight as well. So you can stimulate it through different forms of light, but there's just something about the sun. You just walk out and you look at it and you're like, yep, mm. I'm happy. I just imagine us as little plants just drifting in the sunlight. Like we just, we just need it. I've, yeah. And I had a client in Ireland um, who shared with me that in Ireland you don't get sunshine apparently. And it's like, oh, my goodness, there are countries in the world where they don't see sunshine. Yeah. But thank goodness all those countries are close together so you can easily go. I think she was going from Ireland to Spain, like, and it was just such a quick thing for them, whereas us in Australia, it's like 12 to 24 hours of travel. Um, mm. So, yeah, like, and here in Sydney, it has been raining for, like, months. Months and months and months and then Queensland as well. So you do notice um, notice a lack of sunshine, but hopefully this weekend. I think it's meant to rain actually when I come up to the Gold Coast. Typically. Yeah, I did see like 10, 10 to 20 mils or something ridiculous right. as well. Is there anything that you do or that you find helpful when it is raining or when the like, sun goes away to be able to sort of like amp yourself up a little bit? Yeah, playing holidays. <laughs> <laughs> get out of there no because I try I'm traveling a fair bit now I'm, I kind of haven't felt the full oomph of it but I don't know there's positives to it as well I just try not to stay at home like miserable and lazy I still yeah. try and go out even if I'm walking with my umbrella because it's not freezing at the moment here so I still do those things um, yeah. and yesterday was so sunny we had a couple of sunny days so I made sure to get outside I did mm. my work in a park and it was the best thing ever because then the rain comes again and I mean yeah it is what it is we can't control the weather but I used to and I've shared here before I used to say oh you can't control the weather don't let it affect your emotions but it bloody does yeah absolutely I feel like when there's a long bout of rain like I feel it and I'll say to Luke I'm like just a bit sad because of the weather and yeah. I think you still just got to make like an, an effort to get out like as you mentioned you still actually get like a good amount of UV rays even through clouds um mm. like I'm talking about like vitamin D levels and those sorts mm. of things like just because it's overcast and the sun's not shining in your face doesn't mean that you're not getting like sun exposure at the end of the day because we're not just like yes mental health is huge when it comes to sun exposure but we're also talking about things like vitamin d and just movement and oxygen and seeing space like there's so many other things when it comes to that yeah i find it easy to spend more time in the gym when it's raining because you don't really feel like you're missing anything outside right so and then it's like it's cute cuddly weather and if you do want to watch some tv you don't feel guilty and all that so there are some positives and some people love rain and hate the sun but i don't know yeah i'm definitely the opposite but sunshine non-negotiable chasing the sun always yeah Absolutely. And then I guess another one that we wanted to talk about, which is a, a pretty important, I don't know if this is a boundary, would you call it a boundary or maybe just like a mm. priority? Um, priority. Working towards a goal for yourself. Mm. So having your own things that you're working towards is so important. And I guess even just from like a health fitness coaching lens, like we need training goals. We need body composition goals. We need strength goals, whatever it might be. We need to know that we're working towards stuff rather than just helping other people work towards things yeah. we, we need to feel progress in certain areas to feel like we're contributing and thriving yeah and because you and I are in sort of leadership roles and we just have that personality where we couldn't really see ourselves working for other people I think this it stands out a lot in a workplace mm-hmm. 
Um, but you know, you have people that work for other people and that's great as well, but then it's important that you have a hobby or you have something that you're good at. You might be really good yeah. at cooking or dancing or singing. Like don't lose yourself in someone else's journey. It yeah. is, it's so important because we all need to feel like we're good at something. We get that validation, that sense of being needed, that sense of, you know, we get rewarded and, and words of affirmation and praise. Humans love all that. And it's classic to see, like, particularly in relationships as well, often, you know, you fall in love with someone or you become friends with someone because of what they do and it's really cool and who they are. But the more time you spend with someone, you start to blend into one person. Mm. But that can be very dangerous, particularly if one person is more dominant than the other. And we've spoken about this before, but it is very important to recognise, yes, you can do things together and that's great, but you still need something that's yours. It's Mm. so important. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. I think as well, like this one specifically goes to a lot of the coaches out there. Like this is why coaches need coaches. Like Mm. it's really difficult to be able to set your own targets along the way. You can have goals, but we all need accountability. We all need direction. We all need help in certain areas. And it's just like, it's so nice to get sometimes get help with that. Like, it's just nice. There's things that you can do on your own um, just because you want to. But then it's always that concept of like working smarter and not necessarily just always working harder. Yeah. So there's that balance, right? The, we, we love doing things and being in control and being in charge, but then that's exhausting too. Sometimes, like, I think you mentioned when we were chatting, like you just love when Luke picks the movie or something like that, because you're, you know, you're making calls all day and it's just nice when someone takes the rain on, on something else. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I don't know what it is about that, but it is just so nice. When you just give yourself a break. It's just yeah. yin and yang, you know. Yeah. We can only push for so long in things, but it is important to recognise because you don't always want to be in a position where someone else is making all the decisions because then you lose your independence. Mm. You kind of lose your thing. And, you know, I've been through that before and it's not nice. And then you just say, no, you know, I've got things that I'm good at too and and that's important to keep going with that. But it's just nuts how... Or even living at home with your parents. It's so easy to slip into their habits and their mindset as well. It's just whoever you're spending close time with, but you just need to be aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then probably the last one that we wanted to touch on would be the wind down uh, routine that we often speak about when it comes to sleep. Like the, I guess when we start our day, we need to, we need to respect transitioning Like we're transitioning from sleeping to waking with our morning routine, whatever that looks like that we discussed earlier. We need that transition to be able to like step into whatever we want to do for the day and not just go from on off, right? That's when we Mm. get that hyper aroused like anxiety because we haven't had a transition. Yeah, I'm a big believer in like a bedtime routine. Like everyone knows how important this is for a baby right? Bed, bottle, bath. It's like a thing. <laughs> yeah. You need to do a certain sequence to wind someone down so they yeah. can sleep at night. Why are we any different, mm. right? Food, bed, water, like go to bed, right? Yeah. Really important that we've got a wind down routine, whatever this looks like. Yeah. Um, everyone's different. And like I said earlier, like mine's very yeah. much like taking any of my nighttime supplements that I do, having a like a really hot shower um, mm. just makes me fall asleep. I will always fill my big jug of water up and the ice cubes for tomorrow. And then I will like brush my hair, brush my teeth, do all my skin stuff, read a book. And then I'm out. Like if I How do good. that sequence, I know that I'll have no issues. And I sleep like a log when I do those things. 
And it's just the best. Paul always laughs at me if I'm like, if he comes home late, I'm already in my pajamas. And it's not that early. I don't know, nine o'clock in my pajamas or whatever. And he comes in loud, all energized. And he's like, he yeah. looks at me. Like, oh, yeah. Biggest really? night out. So everything really? that I do is the opposite. Um, he's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were winding down. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's funny though. Cause I'm like, I'm winding down or like, don't tickle me. I, I can't move fast. Cause no, I'm, man, I'm says, I'll do this. I'll be like, Luke, turn the fucking cot off. Like I'm winding yeah. down. If I hear any guns. <laughs> that's the thing or like you just have to sort of go in the next room and and I always turn the big lights off so they're dim as well like at the start it was a bit weird because we're both so different but now we know we kind of laugh about it and and it's important so yeah I do what you do as well have to have a shower at night I feel like I'm just washing the day away oh yeah the thoughts everything at night um sometimes I change my morning walk to like afternoon or if it's nice weather just around Mm. the park um just to again switch off from the day of work yeah pajamas skincare teeth all of that supplements um and then just chilling out no loud nothing no Yeah. yeah it's just a little sanctuary yeah whenever we're doing routines as well it's very much about senses like you're trying to yeah. stimulate senses in a certain way, whether it's smell, uh, taste, sight, um, skin, like touch, feel. Mm. It's a lot of the senses. So obviously, and because it's our senses, like external stimuli triggers our senses mm. to give us input to our brain to do activities and release certain hormones. So yep. You know, in the morning, we want to be exposed to bright lights so that, you know, certain chemicals are released in our brain to tell us it's time to be awake Mm. and vice versa. Like at the end of the day, we want to dim lights. And this is what the whole, I guess, red light, salt lamps, like crazies, turn off, um, get rid of screens, those sorts of things, because you want your brain to start releasing melatonin, you know, to give you waves to like go to sleep. So Mm. And the same with like, um, I guess the skincare thing, like massage, um, water is a big one. So yeah. they actually show like, again, bed, bottle, bath, like they show when we heat our body up, um, when we remove ourselves from a really hot temperature, our core body temperature drops. And that's one of the things that has to happen for melatonin to be released for us to go to sleep because at night it gets dark and it gets cold. And that tells our body to go to sleep. So whenever you're thinking about what's helpful for me, whether it's a morning routine or a nighttime routine, like revisit, like maybe some of the things that you are already doing um, to stimulate, um, stimulate or like downregulate certain senses to be able to, you know, give you the activity or the outcome that you want. Yeah, hundred percent. Just play around with it. Like, I mean, naturally we're meant to follow when it's not like night outside. That's when we turn the lights off. And as you said, we the body knows um, to adjust to what's happening outside. But again, we're not just animals in the wild that don't have any stress and, and external yeah. factors. So we can't just like go to sleep when it's dark or wake up when it's light. Some people who come home from work need to play oh, cod yeah. or you know Paul needs to watch his movies just to switch off so yeah. even though it's the opposite to what you and I do it does work for them and sometimes it can be frustrating for us because yeah. it conflicts but we have to remember what's important for other people um so really just reflect and have a play around with not only what you're already doing as Sherelle said but then some things that you can probably make a change and you don't have to make a change if you're happy with everything and feel good but if there are elements of your life where you feel a bit unsettled you feel tired not a hundred percent then definitely reflect on some of the things that we spoke about today yep is there anything um a part of your morning or nighttime routine that you would like to include 
Um, to be honest, I think like the controllables, obviously I'd like more sunshine because it's bucketing. But um, at the moment, I think I'm pretty good. Like after I presented on the weekend with my seminar, I realized, you know, my cup was so, so, so full. And I've really spent this week and then a part of last week just prioritizing all of this. Previously, I didn't, but I feel like I've made the conscious effort um, to actually prioritize this, hence, you know, the episode I did for today. But to be honest, I don't want to give a cop-out answer, but I'm actually pretty bloody happy. We'll see how long it lasts. That's great. I think that's awesome. That's really the goal, right, that you want to be able to find what works and be consistent with it as well. And I think sometimes when it comes to these things, you notice the absence of um, not doing the things. Mm. Like when I skip reading, it takes me longer to fall asleep. If I skip reading because I'm going, I can't be bothered, but then I'm laying in bed for an extra half an hour, I'm like, well, Maybe I should have been bothered because I'd be yep. asleep by now. So mm. it's about just finding those those little things that are just really helpful. Is there anything that you would add in? I started adding in cold showers in the morning. Oh, that's um, right. Are you still doing that? Yeah. So Good I've been doing you. it since December. Um, wow. really well, it's like heading that. into colder weather. How does it, how's it going? Well, that's why I started it um, in summer. Yeah, I good idea. Like, I was like, I'm the biggest baby when it comes to cold. I hate oh. it, but I'm getting better. I'm getting okay. better because you just learn it. Um, where I don't find them that hard anymore. Wow. So I'm like, I'm sort of over it a little bit. I wish it was colder. Um, you wish it was colder. Yeah, like I've just gotten used to it. And wow. I just found like it woke me up. Like, yeah. man, it wakes you up, obviously. Mm. Um, but I started doing cold water stuff because I just hated the cold. And I like, I think one of the best ways to get over something is just to really expose yourself to it. Amazing. Right? Like desensitize yourself to it. So I'm, I'm really interested in like a lot of the Wim Hof stuff and a lot of the cold water exposure yep. stuff that I think that's something I would like to do. It's just like what's practical you know like cold shout is practical nothing more one Mm. thing I would like to start including again is probably just some sort of like meditation mindfulness practice maybe at the end of the day yeah Uh, that's something that's like slipped a little bit for me just because I'm so happy like I feel like I'm like I'm like I'm really happy but I just feel like I probably need to flex that really slowing down my thoughts yeah um, and practicing doing that but other than that I'm similar to you I think it is important because you can use meditation and mindfulness, not only just to calm down and all of that. You and I were in a good place right now. I was the complete opposite last week, but here we are a week later. It's all good. Um, But to use meditation and mindfulness to help with attention, um, focus, you know, being able to do one thing at a time. I think that's a really good practice that we should all be doing for that intention. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my main thing. Yeah. Like I'm, cool. I swear I'm ADD, like in terms of my attention focus, mm. it's just bing, bing, bing. And I have to work really hard to stay focused on one task. I have to yeah. close all tabs. I have to get rid of my phone. I have to do all that sort of stuff. Um, and that would be my intention of just being able to sit in thoughts and let your busyness just like dissipate and just mm. slow down a little bit. Yeah. But amazing. You know, whenever it comes to these sorts of things, we layer, you know, we never layer. just go all in and know all of a sudden you've got this one and a Very half much. hour long morning routine. 
No way. No, just layer them, find what works for you and reflect and even share with us on our um, page as well, what you got out of today's episode. But yeah, to have habits and rituals and anchors to allow you to feel grounded, you know, that's the foundation of our energy, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So in saying that, we hope you did enjoy this episode just on like expectations and boundaries and priorities for yourself as well. And sometimes it's really good to go through like even the list that we've got here to be able to go, am I ticking these boxes? Like where's the dial turned down? Where's it turned up? Do I need to reassess things? Um, Do I need to audit some of these things and bring some of them back in? Um, And yeah, in saying that, we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please do take a screenshot, share it on your social media, and of course, tag the Level Up podcast Instagram. (laughs) Thanks everyone.